Hey, you. Yes, sir, ma'am. Stop what you're doing. Because right now, you need to be listening to Business SOS. Yep, Business Stories of Success, where we interview successful business owners for successful business owners. How do they make it happen? How do they keep it going? Join us with your host and business advisor, Mark Adams. Hello, hello, hello. This is Mark Adams, business owner of MCA Certified Tax Preparers, coming to you on our podcast, Stories of Success, Business SOS. Today we're talking with Ken Rassiopi. He is the owner of Premier Merchant Solutions, and he's my man. So I'm looking forward to hearing his story. I've heard it once about his successful journey to um, this particular business. You're going to love it. So welcome, Ken. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to uh, participate. Man, we've known each other for a little bit. We've worked together for a lot of years. And it wasn't until this year that I asked you, like, how did you come up with uh, your business model? And your story was, oh, like, fantastic. <laughs> Man. So it's a journey. I, I people it's a journey. Yeah, your Mark. journey, right? I think people yeah. are going to love to hear about it. So let's start with our credentials. Tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? What's your name? And tell us a little bit about your business. Okay, sure. Ken Rassiopi, obviously, is my name. Uh, my business is Premier Merchant Solutions. We're located in New Jersey. Uh, while I can uh, operate in all 50 states, uh, the way I run my operation is to be more local, uh, just to uh, really uh, put forth the effort, uh, you know, to, to, to service the accounts. When, you know, when they're 3,000 miles away from me, it, it makes it more difficult to do so. So uh, my business is such that it, it uh, requires a lot of service. Uh, and really what we, uh, we offer uh, is to help small businesses, medium-sized uh, businesses, uh, operate more efficiently uh, through our point-of-sale systems and our customized software. I mean, they, basically, that is what we offer uh, in a nutshell. Uh, it's geared to help businesses run, again, as I said, more uh, efficiently, cut down on mistakes and waste. Uh, we, we really concentrate large in part in the hospitality industry, which, as we obviously know, is, has been so hurt uh, over these last months or so. Uh, but, uh, again, our programs are, are really geared to help drive more revenue through the doors. And again, while minimizing the, uh, the waste and the theft, unfortunately, that is very inherent in that industry. Cool. Um, um, so the way we accomplish that, again, is through our hardware and our customized software with integrated payments. So it's really an ecosystem is what we've built. Perfect, perfect. You mentioned something that I'm going to key in on because this is kind of what I, I always talk about when I'm talking to clients, uh, when, even in my ebook, right, about knowing your customer. And it seems like I'm always going back to this point. You have identified a specific niche, right? You said the hospitality industry. So that allows you now to customize your message and everything else to fit their needs. That's awesome. You have a second niche, though, right? We talked yeah. about it before. Absolutely. So, so on the retail side and dealing more specifically with like auto body shops, again, you know, it's helping shop owners, it's helping small businesses uh, deal with day-to-day -day operations more efficiently, being able to track inventory uh, more closely, being able to uh, track your employees' uh, uh, behaviors and their contributions to your business. And the, all these things is all trackable and stored very uh, nicely in our, in our ecosystem. 
so that uh, business owners, whether it be in a small retail shop, which is also, uh, you know, the merchants that we, we uh, service, to auto body shops, anyone who wants to have a closer handle on their business and basically how to run more efficiently, we deliver that data. Uh, and then we tie in their outside, meaning their, their uh, social media aspect and bringing that all into the ecosystem. So there's one point of contact to manage your sites, to manage your uh, reviews, okay? So you can respond quickly to reviews that may be sometimes negative and you want to get on top of it. Uh, we deliver an ecosystem that will help you keep tabs on all that information. So that's, nice. that's beneficial not only to restaurants, but to everybody, right, Mark? I mean, you think about all small businesses, their competition is fierce. And yeah. people nowadays, more and more, they're, they're going online and they're looking at reviews and they're reading, you know, all that type of – and you want to be able to manage that data. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's powerful because you're not just selling credit card services, hey, accept my credit card, but you're doing even more, which makes it attractive. Correct. So that's, that's powerful. You know, so it, now, it, 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 it's, it's come to the credit cards. Now, everything we talk about is integrated payments, okay? And you're going to hear that a lot more uh, as this SaaS model, as we know it, continues to grow. Uh, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, you don't drop dimes on people and don't tell. SaaS, what is SaaS? <laughs> okay, SaaS stands for Software as a Service. Okay. 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 And right. you'll find that many businesses are moving to that type of model uh, because what it affords is reoccurring revenue. All right. Which is golden. And I think any business and certainly in my business, it's what we strive to build is our reoccurring revenue. Uh, so that's a nice, do, I'm sorry. I'm going to just hop in there real quick because what, yep. what we're talking about, we're focused on the success of the story of the business. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that makes you been successful is this challenge or this value of having recurring revenue right that's a nice Correct. business model for people to understand there are all types of businesses that we can start but one that generates recurring revenue is powerful wouldn't you say that is yeah well, absolutely i mean it's tough to get up every morning and start from zero and you know when you're in sales and as many of us are and you know and we you know we're out there really killing it and doing everything that we're, we need to do, it's nice not to wake up every morning and say, oh, I'm starting from zero. Uh, you're going to build a uh, residual income and you're going to build a residual business that's going to, you're going to benefit for, for many years. Nice. So business owners peak that, right? If you have a business, no matter what your business is, see if you can develop something that's going to give you recurring income, recurring, income right. right? Residual income. There's, residual there, that's income. a nice thing. Uh, and it can be built on any practice. Almost absolutely. Any practice. I mean, if you sell windows, uh, maybe you might have some sort of a maintenance package. I don't that's know, but right. there's something there. And that helps businesses to be successful. Mark, I, I, I have doctors now actually trying to figure that model out by saying, okay, you're going to pay X amount per month and that's going to get you X amount of calls to me and visits to me. And, you know, we, everything's a virtual world now, right? Obviously. Absolutely. Um, so those, so those, so, so, you know, it, it, it can apply to every business. Right, there should be right. a way that you can build in that, that component to your business. Absolutely. And that's going to help you to become successful uh, even faster if you can figure that part out, make that a part of your and, and it also helps you, helps you weather the tough times um, to know that you, have, you know some form of you know some form of business being generated every every month without yes. you out there you know uh, uh, you know hitting the streets. It's it's yeah. really a, a huge benefit. 
right. And you said it, you, you said, you know, I don't want to start from zero every day. So that's brilliant. I like that. Yeah. I, I have it in my own business and I encourage every owner. And it sounds like you would too, to try to carve out something that you can have that residual income. Correct. Awesome. Awesome. So now let me ask you some other questions because this is critical to business success. Do you have a business phone number? I do. Okay. I want you to state your business phone number clearly in case someone's listening and they say, hey, I want merchant services, but not just to receive credit cards, but to help me drive business. What's your number? How can I reach you? Okay. So uh, my, I always give out my mobile number because I, you know, I have that attached to my hip always. So that number is 973-666-0882. Uh, again, that's my number always uh, on my hip. And, and that's generally what I give out, uh, you know, most frequently. Okay. I do have a toll free. I do. I do have a toll free number. That's 866-353-10168. But, and that would go into the general uh, office. But uh, again, I, I like giving out my personal number to most. Okay. That's actually what makes you different in business too. You know, um, you have that personal touch. I think that's what people love about you. We have some client. I, I, I referred some of my clients to you in the past and every once in a while I'll talk to them and they're like about, you know, we're working on credit card stuff and they're like, Oh, Ken is just amazing. Cause he, all he's always there. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. Um, so just one more time, because my experience is when I'm listening to something, someone, I ask them for it, they give their number or their website and then I'm running to get the pen and then I come back and the number's gone. So give me the number one more time in case sure. I just got my pen. Sure. Nine, seven, three, six, 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 zero, eight, eight, too. Beautiful. Now you can never change that number for the rest of your life. No, I, I haven't <laughs> pla- I'm not planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now let me ask you this question. How long have you been in business? Okay. Uh, since uh, on my own, my own office uh, since 2008. Okay. Wow. So that's a good length of time. Uh, mm-hmm. You're an established business owner. What makes you an expert in your field? Expert. Well, again, you know, beyond certifications and trainings and things that, you know, you kind of have to do. Uh, I would say industry experience, Mark, is probably what makes me the biggest, uh, probably my biggest asset. You know, when you think about all the small to medium sized business owners I've worked with over the years to solve their pain points, uh, to, you know, uh, provide the service necessary for them to be successful. Uh, you know, I mean that, that there's no, there's no teaching that and there's no, you know, getting that quickly, you know, you you, you earn that by years of doing the right thing and sticking to your, your, your model, you know, in my business model, my model is very heavy on service. Okay. And you know why, I mean, beyond, you know, me wanting to be a a good value proposition to my merchants on an ongoing basis, we we go back to that residual, right? I mean, that customer, I want to keep, it's, it's, I want to keep him for as long as he's in business. Right. You know, you talk about, oh, contracts normally are for three years. Well, I'm not thinking three years. I'm thinking for as long as you're in business, that's how long I need you to be with me. You know, so if you, if you stay in that mind frame, when that phone rings at 11 p.m., you're picking it up and you're answering it and you're getting that problem solved for that merchant, whatever, whatever it might be. Now, I know you are an expert in your field. We've worked together for a long period of time. Um, you work really, really hard. I don't like that because I don't want to work really, really hard. But <laughs> yeah, we're working smarter nowadays. I am learning from you. <laughs> cool. cool. So now I'm going to combine a, a bunch of questions that I have because I want you to, you know, we got we got about half an hour, or so but I want you to tell your story, the story you told me 
All right, so the question is like, how did you decide on your specific business and what made you decide to take the leap of faith? And your story was so amazing from when you were uh, running the streets of Lower Manhattan to now. Right. So give right. us that story, man. Give us that right. story. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, uh, as you, you know, we were four guys uh, who had an office in the meatpacking district of, of, of New York City. Uh, we were selling long distance business, uh, you know, and I'm going back to the 90s. And uh, as we saw, you know, the, the long distance business starting to, the margin starting to really deteriorate, people were starting to give rates away and, you know, the birth of the internet and, you know, doing voiceover, right? We just started to see major margin compression. And we were like, all right, what are we going to do now? You know, I mean, what's the next move? And at that time, wireless data was just becoming popular. And there was this little device called BlackBerry, which nobody knew about at the time. I'm going back to early, you know, mid-90s. Maybe I remember, 97. man. I remember those times. I wasn't yeah. there, but BlackBerry. It was, was like, a big clam, it was a big. It was a big clamshell device yes. uh, that ran only on two networks: uh, Bell South's Mobitex network, which was here in the states, and the Rogers Cantel network, which was in Canada, which is where BlackBerry started. So now this was a data-only network, really suited for uh, you know, like your UPSs of the world, or maybe Pepsi's, where you know you have a vending machine, and when the when the bottles get down to a certain level, it sends a wireless pulse back to the, you know, to the main office. Hey, come fill me up. I mean, not much you can do with the network. But at that time, it was all that was available to us. BlackBerry became of age. We got a contract with Bell South right out of the gate. Uh, and uh, through our contacts at the time with the long distance. Uh, and so we basically took and ran with it. And we, we just like Navy SEALs, we infiltrated <laughs> Wall Street. We went after everybody. And now here's four knuckleheads and we're talking to the CEO, the Lehman Brothers. I mean, we were, we were the guys that were called Crackberry because as soon as we walked into whatever, uh, you know, uh, a brokerage house it was, everybody just gathered. Am I getting my Blackberry today? Am I getting my Blackberry today? Uh, so it was great. It was, and we were flying all over the country and, and then 9-11 hit. You know, and we were one of the only businesses still up and up. We were operating out of Jersey City at that time. And we were helping these businesses uh, stay afloat through uh, BlackBerry communication. So as a natural progression, people started to ask, well, what more can I do with this BlackBerry besides, you know, communicate with my, uh, my, my employees and get my corporate email? So we hired uh, someone to start writing vertical applications for the BlackBerry, getting stock quote applications, getting a sound scan application for, you know, the music industry so that they can get industry specific content. And then we had a credit card guy come to us and said, hey, how do you make this BlackBerry a wireless credit card terminal? Uh, they were very, very expensive at the time. Uh, and we, they were looking for an alternative that would be cost effective. And we had no idea how credit cards worked or how, how you know, an, op an application should run. So we worked with this company down in, Mar in Maryland and we built a pretty cool wireless credit card uh, application. And then from there it grew. We built gateway services so that we can have that data live on a gateway in an encrypted, uh, you know, format. Uh, and as I'm traveling all over the country, Mark, I'm realizing, man, and, you know, we went the VC route. We raised the money. I mean, this was now, you know, 2000, uh, uh, you know, when this all first started. Uh, and 2001 is when, when obviously, 9-11. Uh, and we were poised to say, hey, man, we're going to go public. This is great. We're actually going to, you know, we're right there, that whole dot-com era. And then everything just crashed. But the fact that we had 
customers and we had an actual revenue coming in, we, we were able to weather the storm where much of our competition was all fluff, as we know, with the dot-com era, and they all went by the wayside. But we continued to dredge on and build very cool tools. And then I, that's how I got into the credit card business. And I saw opportunity when the whole security uh, part of the business came down. That became very, very important, how to, how to secure the cardholder data. And I just took a leap of faith to get on the merchant side of the business because I obviously at that point, I was tired of traveling all over the country. I still have my vested interest in the gateway company, but I, you know, wanted to, you know, I guess look to diversify and start to work with merchants directly. And that's what I did in 2008. That's awesome. And it was, you know, and it was a, a hell of a journey. And, um, you know, we did work with VC guys, which, you know, was a difficult thing to do um, because they were trying to manage the business from 6,000, 60,000 feet up and not understanding what the business was all about. And it got very difficult. But again, Gateway today is still, you know, still viable and it's, it's pumping out a lot of wireless and, you know, a lot of the, you know, now we're in, you know, 4G and 5G networks that have integrated data and, and voice that didn't exist back when I was doing it when we first started. So we were kind of ahead of our time, really, because yeah, the data networks time. couldn't handle the data we were pushing through, you know, with, yeah. with all the vertical applications we were writing. Right. And we had, you know, some frustration for merchants. You know, when you think about a wireless credit card guy, where is he making his sales? Out in areas where there might be not great coverage. So you have a guy at a flea market selling his paintings and he's got his cool wireless device, but he can't get connectivity. So there were some inherent challenges in the beginning. But now with the way the networks have really been built out and now we're, we're you know, integrated data and, and, and voice networks, it's, it's a very viable solution nowadays. Cool, cool. And that's kind of how mm-hmm. I've migrated into the credit card industry because I fell in love with it. As we were building this, ver- this application, I'm like, wow, what a cool business. You know, and yeah. learning how interchange works and how Visa and MasterCard structure cards and everything, I, I just found it very fascinating. Out of all the vertical applications we were developing, this one really had me you know, kind of a line and sinker with it. I, I was very impressed with cool. the inner workings of it. And, you know, that goes back to saying, hey, Ken, you know, what makes you an expert? Well, I learned the business from the inside out not from someone teaching me what i need to know to go out and sell so i learned it from you didn't go to school you didn't go to class oh, yeah, you you know, uh, real, real. how interchange works and how the card brands price uh you know because we had to build it for the application and so i got an intimate knowledge of the business which definitely nice. served me very well as nice. i went out on my own to, to educate merchants on how to run more efficiently. What are the pitfalls? What are the security things that you should be looking for, that you should be paying for? You know, there's a lot of fluff out there with every opportunity also comes shysters, right? We've seen it all the time. So, you know, I've, I've been able to provide that kind of value to keep the blinders on and let me worry about that part of your business for you. Cool, cool. So let's talk a little bit more about success because that's really what this sort this is all about, stories of success. I wanted you to Give us your definition of success in business. How do you define uh, You know, the definition of success to me really is to be able to take some form of risk. Okay. Now it doesn't have to be blind risk, but if you're going to be, if you're going to take that leap of faith to go into business for yourself or to take a whatever, whatever venture that is that you're going into, that you have to understand you're going to have to work outside your comfort zone. And that's going to require taking some measure of risk whether it be, you know, learning a new product to go out to market, whatever the case may be, just getting out of that comfort zone that you're so used to, um, because that's the only way you're going to grow. And without growth, you're not going to be successful. If my portfolio didn't grow, 
I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say yeah, it made me think of that statement: "Grow or die." Right. Yeah, I mean, if you have, if my business, if my portfolio doesn't grow, it's it's just you know you're always going to have natural forms of of attrition. It just happens. So you always, have, I don't care how great you are at servicing your accounts or how great your product is, there's always going to be some level of attrition that you're going to need to stay ahead of, and you're going to need to be able to think of different ways to to be able to grow your business, and that's going to require you to take some risk maybe some financial in some cases and, you know, and, and, and risk of time and, you know, and, and go out and do it. But you have to believe in the product. You have to be able to sell with conviction because if you don't sell with conviction, if you don't believe in what you're selling, it's not going to last long. Okay. So and I, and like I always say, Mark, and the thing is, I said, the day that I stop providing value to my customers is that's when the clock starts ticking about, you know, going from, you know, down, you know, start going down. Um, so you have to be able to provide ongoing value to your merchants or to your. So to your when you talk about success, because I want to encapsulate it, because you gave me a lot. A lot, yeah. <laughs> I the did. One thing, if you said success to me, I am successful in business if I have done what? I have um, gone outside my comfort zone to grow my business. To, to nice. you know, yeah, nice. outside my comfort zone to you know to to, to build my business. So do you consider yourself successful? I do. I do. Uh, I think success is making money at what you enjoy. Okay. I mean, that's, like that. that's to me success. I mean, I know awesome. there's a lot of people out there making tons of money, but dread doing what they do. And I know there's people out there that are love what they do, but are having very difficult times, maybe making ends meet. And so gotcha. if you can marry those two together, you've, you've, you've in my eyes, have, have reached full success. Beautiful. And that's what I, I always try to, with these discussions that I have, everybody defines success differently, right? Um, but you just said it, making money, doing what you love, right? Yes. That's really the key there. And so there's this journey. Most of my clients, not clients, but people we interview and chat with, you know, they talk about the journey, right? They might be, my, my ultimate goal is this, but as I'm getting there, if you love it, then you're successful. And so owners who start out there's a struggle there's this grind one girl said you got to be a grinder and she was right but that grind is an enjoyable grind and that's what yeah. makes it successful right it's a necessary evil every every business you're gonna have to grind it out i mean nothing just comes fast and furious success it, just doesn't yeah. it just doesn't happen that way it doesn't I don't not, not for most of us what's that not for most of us. Right? <laughs> Seems like some people they just they wake up in the morning and say, "I've got an idea," and then they're on Shark Tank. Well, but, hey, listen, thank, thank, <laughs> hey, listen. You know what? I haven't been that lucky. You know, no, um, no, so, so we need I, a partner. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, that you know, I, I figured the way to the right way to and the way this country is set up to do is just, uh, you know, you again, but, you know, yeah, built. You know, built. Yeah. Don't try and do and it in leaps. It's uh, nice and, and uh, we'll get there. You'll get yeah, there as long as absolutely. as long as you can provide value. I mean, that's really what it comes back down to. If I yeah. provide no value, then I mean, it's a, it's a difficult way to see how are you can sustain yourself. You know, how are you going to, you know, sometimes, you know, at some point people can wake up and say, well, I really don't need Ken. I mean, it's really not doing anything for my, I mean, what do I, what do, you know, so, you know, right. the idea is to get away from that. <laughs> right. Gotcha. So let me ask you this question. Uh, we've asked this of everybody we've interviewed because everyone seems to have done it made some mistakes in their business that they wish they could take back. What's one big mistake you made in your business journey uh, that you wish you could take back? Yeah. You know, I, I would say just, I'm more of an old school kind of 
sales guy, and I, I really have failed to take advantage of social media the way I should have in, in this, you know, in this climate, in the, in the world that we're in now, you know, you always, you know, we talk about business, you have to adapt with the times. I tell my merchants that, and I'm kind of like, you know, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, you know, I have failed to take advantage of other avenues to get my, to grow my business. Okay. Um, so I, I, I point to social media. You and I have talked about this and we've had even, you know, uh, uh, putting steps in place to, to fix that. So, so I would say, you know, I, could have been smarter and, and a little bit paid more attention. Now, and that doesn't mean I should have done it myself. You know, that means getting a, a third party to help me, you know, that that's in that space that could take over that part of my business for me. So I don't have to worry about it, but yeah, yeah. That, that's been a big mistake of mine. Okay. Gotcha. And that's interesting because, you know, a lot of when I'm talking to people, it's all about having the right team. We, especially when we start out on our own, we think we have to do it everything, right? I have to do it all my own. I've got to do it. Partly we're trying to, manage, to guard against a little money. But if you don't like take that risk, you mentioned taking risks and yeah, spending yeah. some money, you might be stopping yourself from really exploring. So um, what do you think is the single most important quality needed to be a successful business owner? Uh, you know, uh, uh, perseverance. And that's, that's, that's really, you just have to persevere no matter what the time is. Now, when I went out on my own, it was 2008. And I'm going to have to tell you what the economy was like in 2008. I mean, it was pretty bad. Um, and so anyone starting a business in those kind of times, uh, you know, you would say, geez, what are you nuts? Um, but you adapt. And so, you know, maybe during those times, I was talking about more of savings and those types of things that, you know, merchants were more uh, interested in hearing. But, you know, I persevered. You know, um, I was putting on customers that were billing a lot more last year than they were this year. So I was getting no organic growth. And I'm like, now there was times where I was scratching my head saying, wow, you know, I'm doing all this work and I don't see much growth. Um, but you persevere because you have to, you have to believe in the product that you have and you have to believe in the model that you've put together. You know, it's not only about the product, it's the model that you put together, together to get the product out there. Um, and so I, I did a lot of that legwork through my business plan that I created. And I, I mean, I just put so much effort into it that it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an issue for me to, right. to persevere. But that's what you have to do. There's yes. going to be a lot more tough times than good. And certainly in the beginning, you have to persevere. Right. And but you will you struggle. Yeah. It's like to me, it's like lifting weights. Right. If you yeah. struggle, you got to keep at it. If you want to get to that push through body. it. Yeah. And you, so maybe and one day. Maybe one day I'll start doing that because I certainly don't get to the I just wow. persevere and eating the food, but that's a whole different All right, story. that's right, right. But I, I, you know, Mark, that's—I know—that's a kind of a you know a generic type of term. But I never, I, I you know, just don't don't ever give up if you really truthfully believe that your product has a value in the market and you have identified nice. who that person or that co those companies or that industry is that would value greatly. But just keep going. Just, yes. you will, per, you know, just don't stop. I mean, that's really yes. what it, I mean, no matter don't what stop. the economic climate is, just keep going, put the blinders on and keep go out there, keep selling. Okay. I think that's the one, those, those two words you just mentioned is what we're going to take from this today. If you are a business owner, don't stop. Right. I like it. Don't, don't stop. stop. That's and right. If you keep going, you'll, you'll find success. Let me ask you this question. How have mentors or coaches contributed to your success? Uh, well, you know, really, uh, through the way I sell, I, I, you know, it rings in my ear when, when I think about that, it's, 
you know, it's, it was actually my dad that said, you know, when I started out in sales, he said, you know, Ken, don't, you know, if you're going to, don't stand on your desk and ba and bang on your chest when you make a sale, if you're going to hide under it when, when support is needed. All right. Okay. And basically, wow. you know, he was saying to me that, you know, supporting your clients, because, you know, again, you think about the intangibles, you know, every, every new customer that you put on becomes a possible referral source for you. Correct. You know, okay. and I built my business, large part of my business has been built on referrals. I would say certainly in the last seven years, um, as, as, you know, as, as I put on more business, I've, I've got a lot more referrals because I'm, again, it all comes back to the support. So I was always told support, support, support is the best thing that you can ever do to grow your business. And that's so really, I, I always carried that through. You've had a mentor tell you that it's more than yeah. just a sale it's to support. It, yeah. It's, it's not, you know, don't bang your chest when you make the sale, if you're going to hide under it, when, when it's time to support the customer, it's, it's, nice. it, and it's it rings true. It really nice. does. To, in my industry, boy, oh boy, it was, it was, it was really prophetic for me because uh, I, I, I mean, that's my whole model, you know, is based on getting the sale and then supporting it. Right. Cool. I like that. And you know, we, it's these little tidbits of information that we get that can shape our whole outlook, our whole perspective, the whole way we do business. So that's a nice one that you, that you. Yeah. Yeah. It just sticks in my head when the phone rings late at night and I'm like, Oh, you know, and then I think, uh, well, you know, I support, you know, and I just pick it up yeah. and, May last 10, 15, 20 minutes. But it makes picked. all the difference. It makes oh, all the difference. Oh, God. That, that, that'll give you years and years of, of loyalty when you, when, you, when you do those types of things. Yeah. All right. Here's my next question. If you could go right before you started your business, right before it, what advice would you give yourself? Right before I started my business, what advice would I give myself? Uh, learn the products inside and out. Okay, because I, you know, you get so excited to go out and sell because you think about dollar signs. Um, but if you don't know your products inside and out, your sales will lag. Uh, and why is that? Because every customer has different pain points that you're going to need to solve. And if you don't know your software, your product inside and out, you may be passing up opportunity to 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 solve that pain point right then and there for that customer. You know, if you keep on saying, let me go back and get, get an answer for you. Let me find out. So I don't have the answer to you right now. Well, that's, I understand that's, you know, sometimes, it, but when you know your product inside and out, that is something that's going to bode so well for you in sales. Gotcha. You know, there was a guy that, that I used to sell for me. Um, he was a sales manager and it, this used to drive me crazy when he used to say to me, uh, I'm, I'm such a good salesman. If I, it was a wireless terminal. If I have to show you how to turn it on, I'm not selling you properly. And I'm like, what you know and i'm like you know what you know i don't get that that logic i want to turn it on i want to show you how to use it i want to you know show, show you the value that it's going to bring your business i'm not just here to just make a sale and then run you know and so by knowing your product inside and out that's going to give you that that you know that ability to solve pain points right on the spot and be able to service merchants right on the spot in my business gotcha. in my business gotcha all right. Now I'm going to, this is my last question. This is what we call our bonus question. We've been doing a, a weekly mastermind via Zoom, a bunch of business owners, a few of us. We try to get together and we just talk about things related to our business. Great way for us to ask questions, uh, you know, to back on different subjects, but I try to make it thematic, meaning, you know, that way I don't fall asleep. So before the session starts, we have something that we all talk about and um, we vamp on that subject for a little bit. The topic for this week's discussion is 
a hard head makes a soft behind. Have you ever heard that one before? My mom used to tell me that all the time. A hard head makes a soft behind. How would you apply that to business in general? Hard. <laughs> yeah, oh God, yeah, you put me on the spot. A hard head makes a soft behind. How do I apply that to business? Oh boy, gosh, that's put me on the spot. Uh, I'm trying to see how I can apply that. Uh, a hard head, oh boy, um, a soft behind. Well, I mean, it's interesting in my business. I mean, you know, if 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 you're hard headed and you're not understanding you know, your customer's needs and their, your customer's wants and you're just hard-headed and pushing what you have, okay. um, you're going to have a, you're going to have a soft behind because you're, you're going to be sitting on your butt, you know, not, you know, because you're not going to get much referrals. I mean, you're not, you know, you're not, basically you're not going to be out there making it happen. I, I mean, that's, you know, like the way I can draw that's two together, okay. but having like a hard it. head in my business means, you know, not listening to the merchant or trying to tell the merchant what they want more than them telling you what they need. You know, um, that's like being it. very hard headed as a sales guy because nice. you don't, you know, because you're just trying to sell what you have and not listening to the merchant. Nice. Well, that's it. That's cool. I mean, that's the whole yeah. idea, right? A hard head, you know, you're not paying attention. You're not following yeah. direction. Right. And in, in the end, you know, I, I didn't get many soft behinds, but my older brother did. If he's watching, he's going to come and get me. But yeah, he always got beat because he was always hard-headed. In business, yeah. it'll affect that pocket. It'll soften That's your right. Wallet. It'll hurt your pocket. That's right. It'll hurt your wallet. Interesting. Cool. Well, hey, thank you so much, Ken, for giving us your story. We really appreciate it. Um, you dropped us some gems. I think the one thing I'm going to take from this whole thing is for business owners to be successful, don't stop. Right. Absolutely. That's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful takeaway from this. Yeah. Man, we look forward to continuing to see your success and your journey. Appreciate that's you, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you too, right. Mark. Thank you for all your help, sir. Oh, my pleasure. Talk all right. You. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Did you like that interview? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Business SOS. And please drop a comment, like us, and share. If you are a successful business owner and would like to be considered for an interview, visit us at businesssospodcast.com. Fill out our form and we'll reach out to you. Our next story of success will be in two weeks. Don't forget to tune in.